0: All the
1: hello everyone welcome to a new episode of no ride around hey welcome
2: welcome dude this feels good to be recording in 2024
1: it does and we're we're trying some new stuff um life happens and for you life happens at uh an accelerated experience to most people and uh you made a a pretty big life changing decision in under 6 days and now we're having to record remotely
2: yeah and you know i uh i guess i didn't really realize how big of a decision it was but that's what it is right like that's how that's to me how life is is, is <laughs> Even the really big things are really just one small inflection point, right? And it's whether you like push energy at that yeah. inflection point or not.
1: So you're in Costa Rica. Anybody that follows you uh, dawn to dusk uh, on socials, anybody that's friends with you, anybody in your inner circle, outer circle, any circle, uh, anyone in your orbit, everybody knows you're in Costa Rica. And uh, most of us who are in Colorado are tremendously jealous because (laughs) uh, I think the, the low on Saturday is going to be minus 11. Uh, Yeah. I heard the high
2: is like a two uh, to four. So it's rough.
1: It's like, it's, it's, it's a rough one this year. Um, so we need to rewind to, was it like end of October? It, It was the end of October. And I had a trip to South Carolina for family photos. Red Eye Flight, we get in at 5 a.m. East Coast time. This text message comes through while I'm half asleep, half awake. Uh, and it was so funny. For I looked at it, blew it off immediately, and thought you sent it to me and Brian Fitzgerald. I was like, why would Justin send that to us? And then immediately forgot about it, got on with my vacation. What did that text message say?
2: Well, it was like, uh, as I explained it down here to people who've asked me about this story, it was like if, if, Fitzgerald would have sent a text message saying, Hey guys, you want to go up in my space balloon and see the curvature of the earth? Like it was that fantastical, <laughs> Right. Like, cause I'm right. like, I'm like, what? And well, so he, we, we got this, we got this text message, uh, that said in a nutshell, Hey, there's this hotel in Costa Rica that has a mountain bike shop and, and they need help running their guided experiences and their tours and they want to bring in somebody who's got experience doing that. I know it's probably not for you guys, but maybe you know, somebody who it would work for, which was a
1: total, like kind of right. failed.
2: thing because right. He knew exactly. It was a total, was a, it was a,
0: yeah.
1: it, it was a total bait. It was a total yeah. bait. Um, um, but, and so for reference, uh, Brian's in the hotel industry here in Colorado. Um, right. And so that's the equivalent equivalent of me reaching out to somebody and being like, Hey, you know, anybody who wants to run this bike shop, like, like he's in that world and he's just like got access to some really cool spots. Totally.
2: And, uh, and the more I've worried about it, you know, he's got a good working relationship with where I'm at now, the guild of iguana in Nosara, Costa Rica, because Mm -hmm. they're also like a boutique experience based, holistic kind of like have all these elements to their hotel like it's super cool and so is gravity house in yeah colorado and tahoe and, it, and the like so super similar situation um but anyhow he sends us his text message and yeah you you dismissed it because you were on vacation i dismissed it in an instant because i mean i have other stuff going on right like i was gonna bike pack cuba then i was gonna be in arizona there, for three there would months. have been no
1: scenario no
2: never and so i discounted yeah. it just the same way you did um for like maybe a week and a half and you and i never talked about it ever again like we literally
1: never we didn't we didn't say shit to each other we weren't like hey that no. was a funny text message from b fits nothing no, not at all <laughs> And so I don't know how much
2: of, of my personal life is supposed to be aired. But if the last four years have been any indication, the answer is all of it. I just put it all out there. So right. why stop now? Um, the text right. message laid right. dormant for me up until uh, a very explosive conversation with my father-in-law and Abby uh, while we were home one night. And it was something revolving around dinner or something to that effect. And um, sometimes my father in its always something
1: of, stupid that makes it right. pop
2: off. Right. So sometimes he can get kind of surly, especially if he had a couple of like good old good old Bud Lights in him. And he can get a little surly, and I I actually love it because then he gets more honest and open about how he feels. And so something came up, and anyhow, it required like a, a, a pretty good clearing of the air with everyone in the house. Okay. But somewhere in there I, I said something like, Guys, I only come back to have dinner with y'all. And to hang out in the in the in the like for us to share time. So if we're not going to share time, then like fuck it, I don't need to be here. It's cold here. And I can be anywhere in the world for my business. I go, matter of fact, I just got asked to go to freaking Costa Rica. I could be there. And it was like said kind of like in a in a furious moment. Not furious, but with that with that attitude or that energy, just it
1: was just it was just heated, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, anyhow, as we do, we all came to terms, and it was a fantastic family event, and we had a great conversation, and we really got to understand each other more. So it was all good, and that's typically what happens. Like I love that concept of, um, you know, to sharpen a blade, sparks will fly. Right, stone and blade, you mm-hmm. get all these sparks, and then you get a sharp blade, and so. That's what happened. And uh, it wasn't until the next morning that Abby goes, so what's this deal about Costa Rica? And I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. (laughs) I'm like, don't worry about it. It was a thing. It's, 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 it makes it silly. It makes no sense. And she's like, well, what is it? And so I just read the text message, which was not cryptic, but just minimal information. And she goes, you should check that out. And I'm like, Chicken. i mean i'd be there for like five months you know she was you should call and see what it's all about that was sunday by wednesday at 10 a.m i had firmly committed to the guild of iguana and was setting roots to come down here
1: yeah you you called me and you're like bro we need to talk about something serious i said like, what we don't like nothing that you and i engage in deserves that tone i mean uh, unless,
2: unless i was pregnant which is a weird kind of
1: marvel of modern medicine. Right. <laughs> right, right, totally, uh, but yeah. So you, I mean, from that event at your home to the decision to leaving, because you left the following Tuesday to go down to Laruda, and then just I, didn't I, come I, back.
2: Yeah, I think it went. By the or way, was the it another?
1: Time- was it another week after that?
2: Yeah, the way the timing all worked out. Um I I spoke to them on yeah. Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and by Wednesday I committed and then Russ Patterson and I got on road bikes and rode like seventy miles together um in Boulder. That mm-hmm. uh it was sixteen days later that I flew to Costa Rica. So it was about it was two weeks,
0: give yeah. or take. Um yeah. now that yeah. that
2: was part of the plan because I was already coming to Costa Rica to do La Ruta with Rick and uh Mm-hmm. I had already had tickets booked and, you know, I had a bike damn near packed already. And so when this project yeah. popped up. That off, had been, was...
1: that had been booked forever, right?
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so when the I project mean, you were, came That off, was, that was. Yeah. They, uh, they were like, wait, you're already flying down here? I go, yeah, I'm doing a La Ruta." they're like, fantastic. Um, can you just stay, just stay. And I, I looked left and looked right, <laughs> but I was in my, I was in my office. So nobody's there to look at. And I was like, well, yeah, I I mean I guess I could just stay. And so that's how it turned out. Two weeks in advance of the trip and uh I decided I wasn't going for Laruta in seven days. I was going for five months, give or take.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um So when we talked, the the job description and the way that you talked to me about it was I'm going to do all this guiding and Brian's going to come down and we're going to map all this stuff and we're going to build all these cool routes. I'm just going to, I'm going to take people on sick mountain bike rides. How, uh, how different is the actual job to what you thought it was going to be? Cause that my, again, you know, for anybody that's, that's listening right now, Justin and I went from seeing each other twice a week, once a week, easy and talking on the phone virtually Day, you know, probably five out of seven days a week. Yeah. Uh to I think this is the third time in since December that we've spoken. Um. Yeah. So yeah. the the reality is gonna be so for for this is I'm I'm learning as much as the listener is right now. Um I my only perception is that the scope of the job is a bit either bigger or different than uh, what it was either billed as or what you understood it to be on the front side.
2: So, well said. I'm going to bring it down about 10 degrees of immaturity to the level that I typically operate at. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm going to preface this all with saying the people here are absolutely amazing. And I'm super stoked to be part of the whole team at the Guild of iguana, and I'm it, 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 I'm above and beyond, I'm in a happy, this is awesome place, okay
1: right, but, right, right. but but
2: but but and I have said this to the powers that be here, so this is not going to like incriminate me in some weird way. Right. But remember, yeah. and this is the immaturity piece. Um, one of the token moves. All, all teenage men know this move. And maybe teenage women do it also. I don't know, but I never was one. So I can only speak from my own experience. But right. if if you could ask for a back rub, then you knew you were getting infinitely closer to the main goal that most teenage boys had <laughs> right. when asking right. for the back right. rub. Right, Right. the back rub gets you in a right. big T or no, show, you know what I'm saying? So I yeah. think, it, I think it was a back rub situation just a little bit.
1: So mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, yeah. Cause you're a smart guy, right? Like you, when you told me about it, it wasn't like they were like, no, you're going to come run this bike shop. And you heard, I'm going to ride my bike all day, every day. Like, right.
2: No, yeah. They, no. you
1: were the information that you communicated to me was based off of information that was communicated to you.
2: Right. So, when I got down here, um, what I learned was that it was much more than just taking people out on tours, um, that they had built out a beautiful bike shop, just beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I mean, dude, we got like factor gravel bikes and window boxes that are $12,000 bikes with ceramic speed and black ops wheels, like just yeah. beautiful bike shop, beautiful bikes, tons of inventory, like not what you would expect. I mean, I've done a lot of Central and South America traveling and this is not the type of shop you would expect down there. Um it, it blows the minds away from anyone who comes and visits and says, Holy crap, this place is amazing. I mean it's it's that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Um mm-hmm.
2: so so I get in there and realize that um the way the project started and the way the project is currently are are two big different spots. And They wanted to bring in somebody who knows the industry and knows biking and has the energy and has the character and has all the stuff to be be the guy to help shepherd this whole operation. And with that comes then not just doing tours, Mm -hmm. not just doing guiding, not just selling the bike experience, but all the other stuff that goes that you've known for so long that goes with having a bike shop. And that was something that was super unique to me both in understanding that as a job role Mm -hmm. and then also stepping into those shoes because as you point out, I see you all the time. I'm in base camp all the time. I mean, I, I, I think most people see me now that there is no E3 fitness, right? Most people see me in person in one of your stores more than in any other location in the Denver Metro area. Right. Um, However, that intimate level of knowledge (laughs) that I feel like I have (laughs) By no means is complete preparation for what is the reality of running, um, running a bike shop, because buddy, yeah, that's a chore that you've been doing
1: for quite some time. So, is it wrong that I feel just a little bit of vindication? No, in think- in that not that not that it, it's just you know sometimes maybe you feel like you're being a little overly dramatic like, you know, about whatever it is. And in this case, running a bike shop and, you know, sometimes your friends are, or, or somebody who has such a a multifaceted role in your life, your friend, your coach, uh, basically a business partner. And they're like, what do you mean you can't do all this other shit? You're like, I don't know, dude. I just spent eight hours getting abused by customers uh that's what i mean i can't do it um it, yeah it just feels feels a little just just I, i'm enjoying it a little bit i guess
2: no you should be I, I i would imagine that you are um i actually spoke with uh i spoke with somebody who knows you quite well who visited down here actually i took them on bike rides and uh-huh. I made it, I made a, a con, an admission to them. I said, you know, Harley and Colin Smith at the shop. Harley and Colin, yeah, for so many years, have always, like, said, you know, like, talked about their schedules and, like, the schedule. And so many times you guys have said, like, when we come in after a ride, because when do people come to your bike shop? After they've done some badass ride or as they're going out to a badass ride.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then the comment mm-hmm. out of your guys' mouths so often and not so much yours, but definitely out of Colin. I love you, Colin, but you say this all the time. Something like, uh, well, you know, I got to go ride like you guys do. And every time I'd hear that, I'd be like, you why do <laughs> little like you don't open until eleven AM. You could go out and ride every day for four hours if you just got up early. You know? Yep. Um Yep. And yep. I used to just kind of like like uh really badger you guys about that reality and and now i see
0: mm-hmm.
2: dude you would be just exhausted if you got up and rode for four hours and then went to that job for eight hours every day i mean you would be a shadow of a man yeah i mean you wouldn't exist
1: well and uh, yeah there and you wouldn't be fun to be around right because no, if you're you'd be pooped there's a there's an yeah you there's an association that um uh, You know, going out and doing a long ride is this pleasurable, soul-fulfilling thing. And it can be that, but it is also training when you race. And so it's putting in four hours at that job, squeezing food in, and then going and doing another eight hours of, you know, pretty demanding stuff when it comes to people needing you uh, it's not like you get to go be in an office and, and work at your own pace. You get to work at the pace of people who are directly in front of you. Um, oh my God. You, you, then, you're nailing yeah.
2: it. You're nailing it.
1: <laughs> go ahead.
2: No, you're just, you're nailing yeah. it. You're <laughs> right uh, on the head. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, going home. And if, if you're not in Costa Rica, living in a, a bachelor pad, um, you know, going home and still having a dog to walk and uh, a wife to hang out with and dinner to make. And then in the midst of all that, you want to get eight hours of sleep. When are you gonna do that? No, it's a lot. I, uh, um you know, it's, it's,
2: um, a couple of things you said. One, I, I do kind of have that experience a little bit because Abby was here for two and a half weeks. And then she left.
1: Yeah. She was there for but, a minute.
2: But, but a few days before she left, Elander landed and Amir landed. So, and then they just left. So like, I've, I've had people here, which they're not demanding, right? Like you don't need to spend a world of time with them, but they are, they are here. Right. And so you want to Foonberg was down here already. Like there's already been great visitors going out and ride. So it's just people you, you check in with. So, you're right, it's constant, but but sticking with the bike shop, here's what's wild. Your bike shop's closed one day of the week, every week, at least, right? Mondays, you're always closed.
1: Mm, mm-hmm, Two, yeah. Right?
2: But, yeah Sundays, always Mondays, Sundays, yeah, for sure. But Always Mondays, but in the winter, you're closed like Sunday, Monday, right? So, mm-hmm, yep. here's what's nuts. Down here, the shop's open every day because we have a lot of local customers that rely on the shop for all of their stuff. This is their bike shop. Our mechanics are ridiculously good. Um, we can get on that later, but these guys can they, like, solve anything. And that goes to the Tico culture. It's just a beautiful commitment to doing things and doing them all the way. And with like complete servitude, like Ticos are amazing. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. there's locals that come here, but then there's also tourists right, that are here for five days, on average, five or six days, and they want to do stuff like it doesn't matter what day of the week it is to them, right? Like Mondays, Sundays, Thursday, doesn't matter when you're on vacation. So if we opened the shop at 11 a.m. like you guys do, or we opened the shop at 9 a.m. like we do, or if you just so happen to come to the shop 20 minutes early because you want to get some emails done, and so you unlock the back door at 840, but you left the front door locked, but they see you in there, it does not matter what time you bring presents to the shop. People come through that door on minute one, and they come through the door Mm -hmm. until the last minute of the day. I mean, it is constant. And when people come through the bike shop door, this is a revelation I've had. When they come through the bike shop door, they want whatever it is they're dealing with, in the bike world is the only thing they're dealing with in the bike world. So when they come in, it's like game on for my thing right now. Here's what I got. here's what I need. And if you want to be good at this thing, you got to be a hundred percent involved <laughs> at their level. And you're like, but I've got right. 30 other people at your same level right now that they don't know about. You know, it's just, it's just nuts. Right. It's just, it's just a full <clears throat> on full gas situation the whole time. It's wild.
1: Yeah. So, um, let's walk back to the, the beginning of your time down there. Cause you called me within two or three days. Um, panic's not the right word, but you were like, wow, the scope of this is bigger and different than I thought it was going to be. You had, you, I don't want to call you a fixer, but you, you definitely had, uh, some things that needed to get fixed for the project to be able to move forward in a, in a positive and meaningful way. And you called me, you said, Hey man, before I go reinventing the wheel, uh, can I send you some videos of the shop? You know, I, I did. I was a little disappointed. I did buck. I was like, you know, they could fly me down and I can come help you get started. Uh, sadly that didn't come to fruition. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so what were, what were the challenges like uh, getting started? Because I know it wasn't just turnkey. I know you didn't just walk in there and it was perfect the way you wanted to run it and functioning. Otherwise, if it was functioning correctly, they they probably wouldn't have brought you in.
2: Yeah. So so the person that started this, started Nosara MTB, he's awesome. Uh, great racer. Cool dude, super chill, um and he had the luxury of building up this level of the bike shop in your guys' heyday. I mean, you remember the days twenty 2020, twenty, twenty twenty one, even most of twenty twenty two. You guys are selling stuff at full pop, hand over fist. Anything you get your hands on, people are buying. Like it's just the glory days of the mountain bike industry, or of all biking. You know, you mm-hmm. bike shops crushed it, and so. Um, The other thing that was realized in that time, and I got to go through that with you a lot, was if you don't have stuff, you're screwed. And so you better make sure you have it. I remember overhearing you and Colin talking about ordering stuff, and you're like, whatever they have, yeah, just order all of them. Because you knew you were going to go through it. Yeah, just get it. Right? So Costa Rica is is a little different because distribution and sourcing is not the same infrastructure. There's not FedEx, there's not DHL, there's not UPS in the area that I'm at. Like in San Jose, for sure. But where I am in Costa Rica, it's dirt roads in each direction. So it's it's a pain in the butt to get here. Like this is not an easy place to get to, which is awesome because it filters out a lot of the people that would want to come here because it is easy. Um, for instance, if you weren't willing to drive in a four by four vehicle for, A couple hours of bumpy roads you're probably not going to make it here there's no paved way and that just keeps out people looking for the easy vacation if that makes sense um by no means Mm -hmm. is it the oregon trail to get here but you do definitely drive through a few rivers um so uh but it's hard to get stuff so in that heyday when ordering in in like high on the hog down here it pays to order even more because distribution may take a few months from the US or from Asia or from whatever. So in keeping in line with what the theme of the business was at the time, that's how they had ordered. And so when I called you, one of the challenges that I was given was, we got to work on our inventory. And then I looked and saw the inventory and thought, well, we we need
1: like another 5,000 customers. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You uh you when you called me and you're you're like I have I don't know what it was thirteen thousand dollars worth of sunglasses. Even at retail, I don't think people understand how many pairs of sunglasses that is to try to get rid of out of any shop.
2: Oh, it's a lot. It, it it's 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 a lot uh. of
0: sunglasses. <laughs>
1: You know, and it was—it wasn't just sunglasses. It was you know you're pulling stuff. You're like, do we got rain? We got winter rain jackets in Costa Rica. I don't even know why we have these. We've got tailgate pads for days. You're going down the list of all this stuff, and and I'm thinking that in Colorado, that would be hard stuff to get rid of, even at a sale price. Never mind uh, a resort town in a not U.S. wealthy. Country.
2: Right. Right. So, just to let people know, like what, so there's a lot of units, right? I'm like, I just pulled, I literally just pulled up inventory. Like, yeah. but, but when you, t- when you have, I told you this is a nice bike shop, right? Like, they don't buy cheap stuff. Yeah. So, when you're buying like 100% branded sunglasses, the Speedcrafts or the like custom edition BWRs, mm-hmm. things like that, you're talking about sunglasses that are like $250 yeah. a pop. You know what I mean? Um,
0: Yeah, easily.
2: They did it it right. They bought all the right stuff. It's just, it's not, there was no mistake made. It's just the nature of how things are gotten here in Costa Rica. At least this part, which is in bulk, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But when the industry makes a turn, when retail makes a turn, when the buy... When everyone, when you've sold everything to all the people that live in your area, like you, you're no different. You end up with bikes, like everyone bought new bikes. So now what, how am I trying to get them to buy new bikes? It's (laughs) It's why bike brands like are changing geometry things for no purpose other than just trying to get us to buy new stuff. You know, like you can argue me the merits of a high pivot point dual there's no way I'm ever buying one because I think that changes my ride experience. You know what I mean? Right. So anyway, I called you because I was like, all right, I've been in your bike shops and many bike shops, but I was starting from scratch. I wanted to find a way to merchandise things that made sense because to me, it didn't really make sense. And that opened the door for me to have a conversation with the owner of the property and have some, some meat and potatoes behind what I was saying. And you were very helpful that way. 'Cause then I got to go and say, well, here's why we need to switch this up. Here's what will change with the experience and that how that'll relate to sales, et cetera, et cetera. So that move was really good. Um, and since then I've been able to stay on track with that. But the truth and the heart of the matter is that this is still an experience based place. And so all of our energy has gone into that. And with that, or in the last like month and a half. Mm-hmm. I have, we have blown as a team, like myself and the three guys that work for me, we've like blown our tourism numbers, our tour numbers, our guided rides. Like We've just exploded on that front. And it's awesome and fun because now like there's an the energy about the shop and about the place where people want to come and they want to ride bikes. And it's so easy to get people to get out on tours because of just how much more energy there is behind that. Um, and I think that's what they were really looking for to have somebody come down is to bring some energy and some spice um, to the whole deal. And that's what's happened. And it's been really cool. It's just really, truly opened my eyes to like a retail store, you know, Um, what you've been dealing with. Um,
1: What uh, uh, crystal ball, how big of a carrot do you think they're going to dangle for you to one, not come back to the (laughs) U (laughs) S and two, to come back to to come back next year in a in the same and or bigger capacity like if you're blowing up numbers and the bike industry is not healthy right now i mean if you do if you go on youtube if you look at any podcast like the bike industry is not healthy uh you know we're in that we're in the low point of the wave from the high point of 2021 um and we're getting better but we're still low. So if I had a staff member who was excelling and beating numbers in a bad part or like a bad timeline within the industry, it would be worth a lot of money to to offer that person the opportunity to not go away.
2: Yeah. Um it's it's funny that question you asked that question and what I heard is what Brian asked me. Elander was just here for like 10 days. By the way, that dude rode mm-hmm. 700 kilometers in 10 days.
1: I saw, <clears throat> I saw one of his rides and it was, was it like 110 miles? He just went on an adventure yeah. in a part of Costa Rica that he's never been in until that trip. Yeah, 100%. Love that kid.
2: We did part of it because we did 100K on New Year's Day. I shut the shop. Down, and we did 100K nice. on New Year's Day, and he was on that ride. And then, yes, like four days later, he did the 110 miles, part of that same route, mm-hmm. and then just more and more and more and more. Yeah. In a typical fashion for me, I ended up getting a WhatsApp message today. Most of our most communication down here is done on WhatsApp. I get this message today,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and the guy's like, "Hey, I saw you guys did a big gravel ride. I'm coming down from Canada." In February, like the 9th or something, can I hire one of you guys to take me all the way to Tamarindo and back on a gravel bike, which is that route? Like it'll be an 85 mile, 90 mile route. And I'm like, yep, sure thing, mm-hmm. buddy. You need it? We got you. So Brian paid for his way by helping me sell one of those trips. So anyway, he's down here. He's riding this whole time. And at one point in my apartment, because he was just staying on my floor on an air mattress. And uh if you're listening to this, no, that is not open to everyone uh
1: as you <laughs> it's, it's, it's not an open
0: invite <laughs> no no
2: brian and brian and i have if you have listened to this podcast for anything longer than two episodes you can realize we have a very long long traveling partner relationship so you, you if you're listening you have not earned my floor.
0: i think
1: uh, i love that uh like abby posted uh, a new year's eve picture or story on instagram and she's like it would just wouldn't be a trip to costa rica without brian elander on our floor
2: <laughs> i know i know
1: that was funny
2: um <laughs> well he asked me one day here uh after i left for hanging out and he he mentioned he said uh do you ever just like miss riding i think he said a like, green mountain just because he's right in denver you know um, and then later on, he said, you ever miss just riding, riding on rock? Cause there's like really no rock. I mean, I'm riding in the jungle, you know, so not really rock. He said, you ever just riding on big rock? And I looked at him and I said, you know, man, I, that's not a possibility for me right now. I I'm here. I'm committed to being here. Um, I'm stoked to be here. And so because I know I'm here firmly, I don't ever think about where the other place is. Because it just doesn't, it doesn't benefit, Mm -hmm. it doesn't benefit me. And it's just, it's unrealistic, right? It's like that space balloon that Brian invited us on. Like, it's not going to happen. So I don't even think about it. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah.
1: You know, I think that speaks to his, to his age a little bit, right? Like there's a, there's a, a perspective that only experience and maturity and time on the planet can really bring to that situation. You're you've been tasked with a very specific job in a very specific place that it's not easy to travel back and forth to home. And so what's the point of fantasizing? Let me just be here, do this and be focused on that and not worry about what I could be doing.
2: Totally. And that's, so to answer your question, I, I have left the end of this story is a white canvas still. And I don't have enough Mm paint to figure out how to color that in just yet. Um, A few things need to happen. One, I need to be successful, right? Like it's one thing to, you know, sell four thousand dollars in tours in a week, you know, but it's another thing to provide to this business what the ownership was hoping that I would provide, like to make it a successful project. And I wouldn't want to forecast something until I've been able to prove like, oh, this is going to be a successful thing or this is a successful thing. So I don't want to just have a, trust me on this. I don't need this opportunity to have a free ride in Costa Rica, right? Like there's plenty of other ways to, to live somewhere right. uniquely. And like, and, and not to mention the fact that I have a van, I can live anywhere I want, right? So, um, I want to be yeah. successful. I want to be successful and like hold up. Um, my end of the bargain. Um, so that's important. Uh, it's also important that Abby is is in a spot where she goes, yeah, I would want to, I would want to be there or have you there and me coming every month for this chunk of the year. Um, because being in Arizona, she was like a ninety nine dollar round trip flight away at any point in time. So I kind of felt like I was still connected. You know, this is a little different. Hmm. Um, much bigger I don't scope <laughs> yeah and i've never really um even on this podcast like we've talked i've traveled all over the world on this podcast right and i never have been like well how does my wife feel because it's not like i just, I just never have like she's always on board but this is a little bit bigger you know five months in a foreign yeah. country um not to mention and ab was here so i can say so like five months foreign country living in the jungle and it literally is just yoga pants and thong bikinis like everywhere, all the time.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> just, the hard, all it's the a hard time. life you
1: live there, Justin.
2: <laughs> I wake up to the monkeys howling. I uh, I did a night ride the other <laughs> the other night, and uh, I actually had to bunny hop a ten foot boa constrictor, which is I was like I've never done that in my life. I mean, we whipped onto the trail. I was first rider on, and blown up with my big old uh whatever our lights are that we bought um outbound lighting freaking 10 foot boa mm. constrictor across the trail dude i was like this is insane buddy hopped that shit and just kept going
1: <laughs> hmm. wow
2: um so i don't know man what you know what i mean i don't know yeah
1: no i mean how could you know i don't know i just i it's um uh, you know again as a as a, a manager of people in in the bike industry, if I had somebody who was obliterating projected numbers and doing a good job, uh, there's almost nothing I would do or wouldn't do to make sure that that person was locked in. Um, so that's why that just, you know, where I, where I in the position of, of that, I'd be like, okay, like tell me what the fucking number is, I guess.
2: Yeah. So I'll tell you this, the, uh, the guild that is doing, and have continued to do, and they're they're doing everything they can to make it so that my life here is is comfortable and simple enough that I can just focus on doing a good job. You know, and this is where I'm going to lose. Like, I, by no means do I have hardship here. You know, it's a, it's a full-time gig, yeah. I'm not used to being inside four walls since I shut E3 down. It is totally, wildly different because my schedule is not simply my own. Where, which it has really been for the mm-hmm. last few years. But, um, but dude, the perks, bro. All right. I have the hotel. I get to eat. The hotel is like this. It's, it's bougie, dude. It's nice. And they have this awesome restaurant. I get breakfast at the hotel every morning. I get lunch at the hotel every day. Unlimited food, beverage, all the stuff I want all day long. They do my laundry. I just bring a laundry bag in. They do the laundry for me. They send somebody from housekeeping to my apartment to clean my apartment um i have like unlimited use of vehicles if i needed them i mean they they have i have unlimited use of surfboards, so i can go take out different surfboards all the time like they have built a package that is super dope and they've given me everything that they could to incentivize the lifestyle here and so for that i'm like super grateful um almost like guilty grateful Mm -hmm. because you know you know you and i have we ever had people just like do our laundry or clean our house without any financial transaction. They just do no, it for you. Not,
1: not since <laughs> I was like, I think 10 years old, I haven't had somebody do my laundry for me.
2: Right. I me mean, neither. Uh, so it's awesome. They've, get, they've really uh, gone out of their way and that's cool. Um, but that's not the coolest part of the whole gig. The coolest part of the whole me gig. you there? No, I, I was oh, waiting there. for you to say, I was
1: waiting for you to say, oh, well, sorry. what's the coolest part? I thought, I thought you were just going to jump right into it. No, what? Sorry.
2: <laughs> I know we have a little delay in our audio, re- like how we hear each other. Yeah. So I, mi- I missed that. I wanted you to say, well, what's the coolest part? You know, it's like a big game show.
1: What's um, the, what's the coolest part? <laughs> oh, thank you. I've been coming to Costa Rica.
2: <laughs> I've been coming to Costa Rica since 2010 was our first trip. Abby and I came down here and, uh, First bike race was La Ruta in 2018. And the things I remembered from those first couple of trips were how amazing the people were. And then again in 19, and then when you and I came, or then again in 21, and then when you and I came in 22, and I just kept repeating that to anyone who ever asked about Costa Rica and to you when we were down here and saying, it's the people. And I think you experienced that when you were down here as well, right? Like just the people of Costa Rica.
1: 100%. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So this trip, coming down here, even from before I got to Nosaro, when I was in all throughout Costa Rica racing La Ruta with Rick, um, my attitude towards the country was instantly different. Like um, I don't know if this sounds stupid or not, but um, like if I wouldn't. I, everything I did all through La Ruta, there was this tone to my behavior that was like. I'm a part of this place now because I knew I was going to be. So there was like, not that I had been disrespectful to Costa Rica, but there was like this second layer of feeling honored to be a part of Costa Rica, even throughout the race. Um, since coming to Nosara and jumping in with the entire operation here, I've been brought in on the back end, right? I've been brought in in the back of the house. I've been brought in as one of the people in the operation. And because of that, I've gotten to really take that appreciation for the Ticos to a whole nother level because I'm on the inside and I see even more deeply how amazing these people are. Like just absolutely amazing. And I was getting a juice the other day. This is like my first, more than another day. I've been here like six, seven weeks now. Um, it was one of my first weeks at the shop and I went over to a juice to get a juice or a smoothie bowl or something. And the girl working there, she was like, uh, are you the owner? And I was like, no, I'm, no, I'm not the owner. You know, she goes, "Oh, ah, Yeah. You're the owner over there. I'm like, no, I'm not the owner. And then a guy comes up behind me and he goes, no, that's El Jefe. And he calls me El Jefe. And I was like, guys, trust me. I'm the furthest thing from El Jefe. I'm trying to figure out how to use the point of sale system. I'm the only Non Tico working for the whole organization, and just to put it into plainer speak, I'm the only white dude that works for the hotel. Okay, and so right, I like feel so honored, I guess, to be brought in at that level, and I'm getting to see what it means to be Tico in Costa Rica, and it's more beautiful than I ever thought. Just more beautiful, like the the people, the experience, the giving, the caring, the empathy, the everything. I, everything that they have, all the positive traits you could put about people in a list. It's all of those with none of the others.
1: That's awesome. So, I mean, hopefully uh, we
2: sell some more stuff, right? Ho- hopefully we make it successful. When we do good things. <laughs>
1: that's but that's, if, that's uh, a, <laughs> that's, that's every bike shop right now. Hopefully we sell some shit. That would be great. <laughs> uh,
2: I, uh, I told him like go, listen, man, we can work on the experiences out of the shop and we can work on bolstering a bit of retail associated with that but we're hard pressed to sell like two year old bikes right now. I mean, it's just, it's just tough. It's just tough deal.
1: So a little bit of, I mean, so we, this is a, this is a fairly business centric uh, episode for us. Uh, I mean, bikes are about to be 50% off. There's no way at like, based on what I see, I don't see anything that isn't a 24. If you, if you have it, if you already own it, 30 to 50% off to sell it. That's just what the market's demanding right now. So that's just, that's just reality, you know, no matter to the brand, the location, uh, what it's bikes there. There's just such an abundance of inventory from, from 20, late 22 and all of 23. So, you know, get ready to let those things fly at a loss. (laughs)
2: Dude, it's, I the fact that you said that, um we had a guy come in the shop just this evening, right before he closed. Kind of a the terrible visit you don't ever want to get. He came in and and he said that he had just had a specialized Levo stolen from his house. Mm. uh e bike, right? And I'm like, Look, man, I don't really know who would I have not this is the first theft I've heard of since being here. Um and I'm like it's it's, it's goofy for me to think of somebody stealing an e bike. Um did they steal your charger? And he's like, no they, no, they didn't steal the charger. I was like, okay. So like the only positive thing we have going right now is that we're the only place you can get a specialized e-bike charger. We're the only ones that have them. So if anybody comes in looking for a charger, then we're going to set up a situation. You know what I mean? Um, but we're trying right, to figure right. out what bike we what, what bike had exactly. So I get on a specialized website and you can get like a, specialized Levo for like five grand. Mm -hmm. It is insane. Yep. The website is slashed. And and,
1: and it's it's not going to be this way forever. Just like the record business wasn't going to be around forever. But for right now, I, I keep telling people that, you know, we get a lot of traffic, um, especially at the castle rock store, we get a lot of people coming in. Oh, you know, I'm thinking about a new bike, but you know, it's winter and I'm not really ready. And it, it, there's no way for it to not come off as sounding the super slick sales guy E. Um, but I keep trying to impress upon people that the deals that are on shop floors right now and sitting in warehouses are the best, like this is the best pricing that consumers are going to see for it might go just a little bit lower than where it is right now. But by the time it gets to that really, truly low point, it's going to be weird sizes, weird colors, weird models. Um, you know, it's the, the consumer is, I, I would say, if you're thinking about getting a bike, no matter where you live, like this is the time to do it because the prices aren't going to be lower.
2: <laughs> right right no it's uh
0: it's
2: wild it's wild um but on the flip side i guess the only advantage that i have being in costa rica goes back to this access thing uh it is so hard to get right. stuff here which is why abby is like a mule in the least drug dealing sense of the term
1: <laughs> it's totally dude every we're, time she comes uh, you down we got <laughs> We were talking about like, you're like, I need some dropper posts. I'm like, okay, I can send those with Abby. And you know, this is our first time recording on this, this new recording platform. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll send, I'll send your mic down with her. And God knows whatever else stuff you're having her, her bring down that you need.
2: Oh, dude. She's got a set of Craig brothers, stamp pedals for this young kid. Oh, it's like 14 year old kid here. Super cool kid. And he just wants to learn more about the bike shop. So order him some pedals, got a camera mm-hmm. for one of the employees, daughters uh i got just a list of random stuff like all over the map random stuff that she the thing is though they bust you at customs coming into costa rica because if they think you're bringing in stuff to sell as a personal item they'll try to pinch you mm. so like five dropper yeah. posts is a problem right because they're like you don't have five bikes but she'll just be like my Mate. husband has five bikes you know but <laughs> um But, like, it's it's, because the real deal, because there's um, a universal sales tax on everything, and then there's an import tax on everything, and then there's a service tax on everything. So, because so much of the country is a cash business, you know, like you sell mangoes and I sell pipa fria, like coconut water, and then you do this and you do that, and we take tuk tuks everywhere or whatever. There's so much cash that when there is an electrical, electronic transaction, like a purchase, they have to, tax the crap out of it to make up for all of the stuff they're not able to tax
1: huh that's wild yeah it's nuts. um
2: but I you, man, it's it's fun and uh i never thought i'd be here And so, yeah trip
1: so he said to me uh it was i just laughed i couldn't even I, I think i had to respond like two hours later i was laughing so hard he said i fucked around and went and got a full-time job right. um it. <laughs> so, you know, turning, turning an eye towards like some selfish pursuits, you know, you still have a race season, uh, as a pro athlete in North America. Um, how is like, how has been the, the, the ability previous to this, you know, you could train 25 hours a week if you wanted to 30 hours a week, if you wanted to, um, with no, uh, external issue how has the current situation impacted your ability to train so last
2: week I rode um 20 hours 230 miles 17,000 feet of elevation Mm -hmm. so I can get the work in the previous week was 16 hours 18 hours 13 hours so that was my first week onboarding some of the stuff Um, I'll get the hours in, um, I'll get the training in what I won't get is that sweet, wonderful Colorado air because dude, I'm at sea level. It's going to be a deal coming back to elevation.
1: Well, so, so I've never understood this. Um, there like the, the, the whole idea of of training at sea level so that you're doing bigger numbers so that when you get to altitude, the old, like the ceilings higher, there's gotta be some of that. Right. I mean, not that uh, I mean, like specifically trained, trained to power, but
2: right. Um, um well, I mean, it's, it's January, right? So mm. how many hours did you get to ride outside this last week? zero and that is what i bring myself back to every time <laughs> i wake up and have to go yeah, to the bike yeah so my rides yep. do start early uh you know it gets dark there at five thirty. the entire town shuts down at five to go out to the beach and watch the sunset which is this really magical experience everyone's out there um but then i i will ride home from there uh, i picked up surfing i'm not good at it I say I'm surfing because I'm out in the surf on a surfboard and there's no other term for it. But it is by no means like a Kelly Slater highlight reel. Um, right. But I I, I ride home <laughs> after that in the dark and then it's dark. And there's no nightlife here. There's nothing to do in I'm a dork. I don't have a nightlife anyway. So I'm asleep by about right now, every night anyway. So I start pedaling at five thirty and if I don't have a tour I will pedal for three and a half hours, give or take each morning. And if I do have a tour, I'll typically ride for about an hour and a half and then grab my tour and they go for two or three hours. And it's all just with tours. It's all just zone two low stuff. Um, and the guys that work in the shop, there's, like I said, there's three of them, two of them, all three are awesome. Two of them are blistering fast young dudes in their twenties that are high level racers, like third place LaRuda, ninth place LaRuda, like high level competent racers. So when we go hmm. and they use they use the term full gas, like when we go full gas, it pulls it pulls everything out of me. And so I'll have all the That's ability good. to do nice. it. Yeah. And um my next race is that got changed a little bit being down here, but my next race is still Cape Epic. And Lord knows I'll be heat acclimated. That's for sure. Yeah. So. um
1: Hell yeah. Um So I think
2: it's going to work out. And, and to your point earlier, like about coming back or like, what's the plan? I've already booked my calendar in. And so I'm racing Grand Junction Rides and Vibes on May 10th. So no matter what, I'm back by then.
1: Right. Right. Well, and not for nothing, we do have a team to run here. um Selfishly. Bro, uh,
2: a growing team. Uh. <laughs> a growing, a growing. Yeah, team. so we did a, so you, we did a, we,
1: ass, we did dude, a little nice bit job. of a, a. We got like sixteen new members, and I'm, I love every dude that's on our team, but I'm so glad that we finally got some, like increased the ranks of women on the team this year by a lot, um, with some hammers, like some real, some real strong riders uh people that I'm I'm really excited to see uh race with us.
2: Yeah, dude, it's going to be the energy that'll be at our team events with a bolstered roster and people stoked about it. Like the applications and what people wrote and their excitement to be a part of it is all just it's next level awesome.
1: Yeah, I I was super pumped. I was really I was, you know, flattered uh by so I did this application thing and if you follow us on social media, you probably saw it. Uh I posted it pretty aggressively Um, and it wasn't so much that I was collecting race resumes or anything like that, but I wanted, and I think you can agree with this, some intention behind wanting to join the team, not just that looks cool. Maybe I'll do it. Um, And so that was why I wanted to do an application. And uh, the last question was just, why do you want to join no ride around? And the things that people said, like, made me blush a little bit because um, I I'm just I live in it. Right. And I don't I don't think you and I ever set out to to do any part of what we do as, as team captains from a place of being gimmicky. We just do it from a place of this is how we feel is a genuine way to exist in this space. Um, And to have that resonate with people that we don't know at all and and have them call it out uh, felt good, but also was like humbling in, in its own way too. Yeah. I mean,
2: when you, I remember first feeling this with E3 way back when, when something's been created, you've been at the start of its creation, it's, you know, you incubated the thing, but then it has grown to mean something so much bigger than you could have ever wished for or articulated yourself that's wildly humbling because then you're not you're not the only one and that's a cool that's a cool feeling uh yeah i love that i love that so yeah i loved all the work you went into it too man i gotta tip my cap to you i really did the first few weeks uh of being in costa rica i really was off the grid and you you championed that spirit <laughs> as it so yeah no
1: thanks thank you uh it was it was it was a lot. Um, but you know, with, I don't want to say like a refocused team, but I think the change in, you know, cause no ride around is always going to be no ride around, but I think not trying to like trying to exist in the community space more, uh, and going back to the roots of, of how this whole thing started and not having such a focus on being a professional, uh, cycling team or, or, I don't know how to say it in a way that doesn't come off shitty uh, to the guys that are pursuing that. No, you're you're um, saying that right now. You're saying but, it perfectly. But 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 you know, uh, we all we started and came from a place of community. Like when you look at the the roots of No Ride Around as a cycling team, you know that original roster we had. I mean, it was people who don't even really like they were, there were E3 employees who kind of rode bikes and kind of did triathlons. And, um, it was so much less about how good of a mountain bike racer you were or were not or whatever. Um, and it was about a community that wanted to excel together. And I feel like we're, we're able to, to come back around to that, uh, that ethos, as opposed to whatever we have been experimenting with for the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, no, and it's uh ultimately fun, you know? What we can do is fun. Not that the other stuff isn't fun, mm-hmm. but um yep. we're still playing on we're playing on toys still, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. End of the day. Speaking of which, I got a new toy that I can't wait for you to see. I finished it today.
2: No, I don't even, you know, this is how it starts. <laughs> so, when you listen. Uh when you listen how it starts. But what Harley said is uh, that he, he built my next new toy, just his own first, and then yeah, yeah, this is how it starts. Yeah,
1: I I built it in my size with my fit in my preferred colors, um, and it'll stay at my house, and then um, we'll get Justin's when he gets back to Colorado. <laughs> Good, because I'll tell you this. <laughs> my bikes my bikes here are gonna be
2: destroyed when I'm done with them.
1: Oh, I can't even imagine. Uh you 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 texted me today about uh some fresh shoes and uh I was like, Yeah, you know, the one pair of shoes that I, I rode uh at LaRuda in three days were unusable after three days.
2: Oh yeah, the LaRuta shoes all got thrown away. Three pairs flat. But then I had two other pairs, yeah. but you know, most of my rides go through rivers. Like I ride through a river almost yeah. every day. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's hot and it's humid, so they never quite dry and they probably get a little moldy. Maybe.
2: The part where I'm at, unfortunately, is a little dry, but but uh but dude, I mean yeah, jumping bunny hop and constrictors, riding through spider nests. Banana spiders, by the way, are terrifying. Monkey shit,
1: crocodile
2: infested mm-hmm. rivers uh full full send mode through anything i can ride i mean you're going to have your work cut out for you when i bring this thing back but these like i said these mechanics uh, down here they're rebuilding forks left and right for me it's unbelievable this thing is running tip top but it ain't going to be white when i bring it home i'll tell you that much
1: <laughs> nothing like nothing like getting a nice brand new white paint job to take to the jungle and just trash for 6 months
2: that's right now it's a point of pride I'm looking at it right now. It needs washed. I think. I think maybe I just do oh, the, yeah. yeah, the no wash. Five months no wash. See what happens.
1: Yeah, you you won't do that. You can't do that. No, it's it, actually is a direct me, opposition to the person that you are. No, it's keeping me up at night right now. Just looking at it from yesterday's <laughs> dirt. <laughs> oh, all right, man. Well, uh, I'm relatively certain it's either past your bedtime or rapidly approaching your bedtime. Um, and I've still got dinner to make. I just finished a workout right before we hopped on. Um, so I hope that, uh, this new software allows us to record at least twice a month. Um, and, uh, keeps it, keep that content flowing to, to these faithful people out there listening.
2: Yeah, man. And, uh, Dan, we just took one more giant leap in the same direction now being a bike shop guy man we got another thing to bond over and uh are you gonna so when you
1: get back to colorado are you gonna are you gonna work part-time at at base camp now that you've got all that bike shop experience
2: dude i think the software got all weird it's like not
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're like no i'm gonna go ride
1: for 10 hours a day (laughs) Uh, man. Uh, so. Uh, thanks
2: for listening, guys. Appreciate
1: it. All right. Thanks, y'all.
0: You're weak. You're done. So get the fuck out. you weak. You're done. So get the fuck out. You're weak. You're done. So get the fuck out.